0: The term passionate is a word thrown around and overused. Mountain life has become a hashtag for wannabe influencers. These words can overshadow and diminish the incredible people who actually live, work and play in the mountains. They have remarkable stories to tell and I'm on a mission to find them. I'm Ashley Pettit and this is the Beyond the Mountains podcast. My mission, my mission to tell the stories about the remarkable people who live, work and play in the mountains. My big plans for this podcast. They all got put on hold last year, all stalled and never went anywhere last year. Some of you are listening and may be asking why, where I was, what I was doing, why I stopped. Maybe you don't care. Maybe you didn't think much of my podcast. But there are two words. Well, four words as to why I haven't made any new episodes. Mental health, specifically anxiety and depression. This show is never about me. Um, I always wanted to focus on the amazing people and my guests, my friends, who inspired this show and um, who live incredible mountain lives. But since I haven't made any new episodes, I thought I should tell you why and to tell you a little bit about my mountain life. I've really enjoyed making this show. I loved talking to my friends, sharing their stories, and I thought I was pretty good at it. I connected with podcasting and loved every minute of it. I thought I could make something of this show, make it grow, maybe attract some sponsors, even making a living out of podcasting. Who knows? But I had big plans and loved it. Now, it's um, just over 12 months since I last published an episode, and it was an episode I was really proud of, and one that I thought spoke a lot about this show, who you were, my audience, where I wanted the show to go, and it was an inspiration to move forward. And um, that didn't happen last year. And it's exactly this time last year that I took a train trip that triggered a bad case of anxiety. And from there, it was a year full of challenges, and I stopped doing the things I love to do. I've never really openly spoken about um, my mental health challenges and my battle with anxiety and depression. Only my five best friends in Melbourne and my parents know I've had two bad battles with anxiety and depression. There a long time ago now, and um, I've learned a lot how to handle it, and 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 better understand what I was going through, and and coping mechanisms, and I, I don't really get anxiety or depression anymore. But last year it was a tough year. It's not something I have. It's not who I am. It's not something I experience every day. Um, it doesn't define me. It's it's like I've caught a cold. Um, my friends who know me wouldn't even know or think I've got any problems. I'm usually the most outgoing, positive, and um, you know supportive person you can meet. You know, you wouldn't know it from looking at me. Even my closest friends in France wouldn't know that I have this uh, problem. I don't think. It's just sometimes I get a really, really bad cold. And that cold is called anxiety. You know, we all get a cold. It's just how bad it gets. And sometimes that cold and anxiety can lead to depression. Um, This anxiety, this feeling of worry, unease, and fear. And for me, it's a fear of making a decision or making the wrong decision. That's, That's the basis of my anxiety. And it's usually around making big decisions. I fear making the wrong decisions or making the wrong decision in this case and then I avoid making a decision at all until it, the, the pain and the uncomfort just becomes unbearable and then I kind of force myself to make a decision. But fuck, I can tolerate a lot and it can hurt for a long time before I get out of this situation. And then I usually beat myself up. I get so angry with myself, um, so real angry that I've, you know, I'm, re- I'm refusing to make such a simple decision because I know the outcome will release all this pain and suffering. I get really angry and and beat myself up over making these decisions. And then that usually, because I can't switch my brain off, this loop continues. I don't get any sleep. I don't exercise, and that leads on to some depression in some in some cases. But I'm I'm learning to control it more. As I said, my mind is in a when I get in this state is in a constant loop of running different scenarios over and over and again. I can see the future, and that future is always a positive. Most cases, a positive future. But I can see the positives and negatives. But I can see the positive future in any direction or any decision i make it's not i'm not seeing negative in my future and my direction and my choices it's the fear of making the wrong choice so my mind goes in an endless loop of making decisions and seeing scenarios and trying to figure out a solution when the solution is easy it's just choosing a direction or making a decision and i can't close that loop off sometimes and that's where I get this anxiety. And I know it will go away, um, but I'm scared of making the wrong decision, and that's that's what last year was for me. Um, And I'll discuss and tell you a bit about how that happened, but last year was about being stuck, and it took me a while to be unstuck. So um, my anxiety was triggered after a train trip to see a very good friend to talk about a, a, a wonderful job opportunity with him in um, creating a new business, um, a new enterprise, working with this very good friend that would have uh, created a great future and a great opportunity for me, a uh, great opportunity for, to make some good money, and uh, it was a very positive opportunity. Um, but it was a a big another a big move for me. It meant moving to another country, starting over with dealing with immigration again, language issues, um, making new friends. Um. But, you know, it was also for me giving up this life that I'd started here in France and then in this life in the mountains. You know, I was so happy here. I was making plans, making goals. Um, I was very satisfied and, and you know, I found myself here. I'd found my purpose, if you wanted, you know, for want of a better word, I'd, you know, started to achieve things here. I was planning things, setting new goals, um, and I wasn't prepared to – I wasn't thinking of doing anything else. You know, I wanted to find more work here. I had this podcast I was very happy about. I was – I planned goals for my cycling and hiking and, you know, travel and – Settling down and making your life here, but this unexpected opportunity came, and um, it was, yeah, you know, there was a time sensitive opportunity, and I had to make some choices and make a decision, and that sparked some anxiety in me because I was afraid to make a wrong decision, make a wrong choice, and um, that was the theme that and that culminated in a whole lot of other challenges for the rest of the year, um. Another And one of the reasons I had a, um, a problem in making this, 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 this decision in choosing um, where to go and what to do was my immigration status here in France. Um, so every year I renew my my visa, or, or the correct term is carte de séjour, my right to live here in France. But last year I had the opportunity or I was able to apply for a 10-year residency card. And with a 10-year residency card, my whole life will change. My opportunities for work uh, open up incredibly. I can become an employee. I can become a casual worker. Um, I don't have to work under the table. I can um, get more work. I can work in Europe a lot easier. It's easier to get a work visa in Germany, Switzerland, Spain, anywhere I can I can work. Generally life would be easier and it was my big mission my big goal for last year and was to concentrate and prepare my dossier and all my papers for this visa application for 10 years. So that was my focus and I I, I one of the reasons I struggled with the decision with my friend and the opportunity was I needed this 10 year residency card. Then any decision I could make after that anyway. So I needed this carte to residence, which is what it's called, for 10 years first, and in order to apply for that, one of the requirements is a proficiency of French, a level A2 French test and proof of this proficiency. So um, I didn't have it. I couldn't do it the year before, but I was in the process of doing it so I have to find an available place to do the test and pass the test so that then I can prepare my papers for this cut to residence. And I always had to study for this test because whilst my French is pretty good, I speak a good level of French and understand it a lot, I still don't really write or read French. Um, it hasn't really been needed in my daily life. But anyway, I found a place to do the test. I was confident in speaking and listening, but I don't read and write. Google Translate helps me with that. And um, for anyone wanting to know, there's four parts to the test. You need 25 points, uh, and it's there's 25 points in the section, and five you need five points minimum put to pass. So, uh, oral, oral comprehension, reading comprehension, writing. Anyway, I did the test in ANSI, and um, before going in, I did a few practice tests, and I was confident, but uh, upon leaving the test, or leaving ANSI, I, I was not confident at all. There was a writing section that I found extremely hard, and then I didn't understand one of the reading questions. I just answered it the best way I could but all I cared about was getting five points in that section and then hopefully getting 51 out of hundred to pass. And um, so my, my anxiety went through the roof again. I was worried about failing this and then not being able to put my application in for the 10 year residency card and, and then, uh, yeah, that was impacting on my decision to move and this new opportunity, this new opportunity potentially and, uh, you know, my mountain life, everything was in the air again. But um, I passed. Whew. I passed. I got uh, 71, 72 out of 100. I did much better than I anticipated. So then there was on to the next challenge, which was um, – Finding an available appointment time to see the prefecture, which is the prefectures, the local government, the immigration department, where I submitted my request. And normally, there's a two-month rotating calendar. The earliest I could get in to see the prefecture was September. So I submitted my paperwork, and then normally it's a three to four-month waiting period before they give you a response and let you know that they're the decision. Um, I tried to speed up the process because I was um, eager, and um, I couldn't see why it would take so long. I'd been living here for five, six years. I was a great citizen. I thought I was good character. My dossier was strong. I had good references. Um. So I pursued and put, put some emails forward and asked for some updates. and then um, I was knocked back. I was denied. My worst nightmare was realized and, um, yeah, I was just thrown thrown a complete um, thrown off the horse. For, you know my anxiety, everything was was done. I was I, I was gutted. I was so desperate for this piece of paper. Um, this life-changing opportunity for this cut to residence. It was everything I was working for. Um, casual casual work was, would open up to me. Any work I could apply for. Um, yeah, but the immigration department, they don't really communicate with you, they don't give you any explanation, they don't they're not there to help you as you would imagine. You cannot ask them any questions. And um, all they told me was that my income was not sufficient. I didn't meet the requirements, which was the catch-22 because I knew that, but I knew that I could also increase my income if I had this new cut to residence. Anyway, it was denied. Um, Yeah, so therefore my anxiety went through the roof again, you know, mild depression after that because I was, you know, stuck again. Um, But, yeah, you can't. And ask the questions you can't do anything with the gut with the prefecture. Um, but in many respects it also helped me because that forced the decision on me. Um, that decision or that refusal to make a decision about taking up my friend's opportunity for a work and a job and a change of life again um, was made for me. so some anxiety in that many in that fact was eased for me Um, because, yeah, that decision was made. I was now forced, not forced, but I wanted to stay in France. I wanted to get this 10-year residency card again, so I wanted to stay here again, apply for it again when I can and prove to them I have sufficient income to support myself, which I do because I don't really need a lot to live here. A simple life's pretty good here in the mountains. You go outside and play and live, and it's fantastic. So then, after that, um, my very small contract I have with the local tourism authority was under review, and and ended because the the whole local tourism authority was under review. Their mission, their direction was was being changed. So I didn't know what was happening after 2022 with them. Um, I've been working with them for four or five years, um, always trying to grow that. Contract so that I could increase my income, but there wasn't an opportunity for at least for the last two years. They were saying, oh, we well, we don't know the future yet." Yeah, so then that happened, and obviously the anxiety was higher again, especially because I had a an appointment in January um, to submit my visa request again or my cut to cut to sejour request to renew that um, for another one year. Uh, so I could uh, prove to them that I could maybe get a four-year cut to residence with the same status. And so that was January, and um, I submitted all the paperwork. Again, they made a point of my income. Um, But, yeah, I have to wait now. The, The dossier is submitted. I now wait. There's no communication until you get a text message to pick up the card, or I don't know what happens after that. And that's one of the hardest things too about dealing with the prefecture is the whole unknown, I mean, and just waiting. I mean, I know that, yes, my income should be increased and then I wouldn't have anything to worry about, but there's still that unknown because you cannot ask the prefecture and the government any questions. You can't ask for help. They don't care who or what you are or what you do. They just look at the numbers and it's been made very clear to me and, um, yeah, it doesn't help with... uh, your worries here either. Um, Anyway, so now I'm at the point where I've just gone, fuck it, Um, there's too many things I've put off, too many things I wanted to achieve last year and this year. Um, I can't do it anymore. I need to get active and start doing things. And, you know, I want to do this podcast again. I love it. I've enjoyed it. Um, I had big goals for it. So, yeah, this is – a prelude to saying season two is coming back. Um, all the things I wanted to do, I start I have to start doing again. I've got fitness goals, photography goals, cycling, hiking goals, even work goals, and I've got visions and plans and things I wanted to do here in, in my mountain life with the mo- local community and friends. I've got to start doing them again, you know, and – even now just staying, saying all this stuff, this fuck it and this get on with life and whatever happens, happens, this, this heaviness and this poison that I would feel when I'm going through this anxiety, this weight and this fear is lifted, I can start to breathe again. I can start to do rather than avoid and put off things. So that's, that's what I'm going to do. And um, you'd think I'd learn. I'd learn by now um, how to manage this process this, um, these feelings of anxiety and depression. And in many respects, I do. I know how to manage it and and control it more. But sometimes it does get out of control. And I know that, um, you know, when I move forward and take action, that the anxiety goes away. But you know, if I refuse to make decisions and avoid decisions. I'm going to end up hurting myself, and and I put doing the things I love on hold, and I stop I stop doing anything until I take the action and make a decision. I, I cannot comprehend or I cannot do anything until that decision is made, and that's what happened last year with this whole um, opportunity with my with my friend. Um. Anyway, so. I need to start to take my own advice and go playing in the mountains. You know, this whole podcast was about living living, and working and playing in the mountains because when you're outside in, in the mountains and in nature and it it helps me with my anxiety and it helps my exercise and depression, it helps everything. And um, I think I really wanted to stay here um, deep down in my heart, but I could see – a bright future on both sides, which, with every, which whatever decision I made, whether it's to stay here or to follow that opportunity, I always saw a positive. It wasn't negatives negative that was scaring me. It was the positive making the wrong decision. And I don't think I wanted to, to let my friend down. And that's one of the reasons I had the anxiety and um, was hard, added to making a hard decision. And uh, so, yeah, this... Um, I should have listened to my last episode, The Call of the Mountains, and you know, being what being outside and in, that being in nature in the mountains really helps me. Yeah. So it's not like I curled up into the fetal position and started to cry and was never left the house and was completely depressive. That's not the case. I did do some nice things during the year. I did some great hikes, um, some amazing bike rides. I achieved some good results with my work for the tourism office. I um, had a new client. I made a really nice website for an incredible um, altitude restaurant here in, in the ski resort I live in. I saw my family for the first time at Christmas time in a long time, and shared a great some great moments with them. But it um, it wasn't the year I had planned, and um, I very much felt stuck. I felt incredibly angry a lot of the time last year, angry with myself and um, very anxious. I had no momentum and uh, any momentum I had with this podcast was lost, which gives me the, it's annoying me. And I didn't really achieve all the things I set out to achieve or wanted to do last year. So in many respects, I feel like I wasted, wasted last year. Anyway, I still have some anxiety Anxiety while I wait for the immigration department to give me hopefully another year, another time to spend in France and achieve more next year and prove to them that I can get the 10-year card and or the four-year card. So I've decided to restart this podcast and share with you a little story about my mountain life and to let you know that that I'm determined to start Season 2. You know, there are incredible, amazing, and inspirational people here in the mountains, not just here in France, but the French Alps, the Pyrenees, all over Europe and around the world, and I want to speak to these people and share their stories about how they live, work, and play in the mountains. There's a, a passionate glaciologist I want to speak to and um, she speaks so passionately about glaciers and the impact that climate change is having on glaciers. An incredibly cool mountain guide that leads people in the mountains of Sweden, Romania, here in the French Alps in my mountains, and um, he's got some great stories to share. A good friend, Lakpa, he's a Nepalese Sherpa, and he's climbed Everest seven times, and I wanted to speak with him so you know my friends with incredible stories. I want to I want to speak with them. And um, this podcast was never about me. <clears throat> but maybe if I share with you some of my struggles in my real mountain life, because living in this remote region and this remote part of the mountains is not is not is not easy sometimes. Um, maybe um, if someone listening knows that they aren't alone and it you know, it's normal for people to go through periods of anxiety, you know. And I'll tell you to speak with your friends, to seek help. I did. The last time I had a major battle with my mental health, my best friends in Melbourne were there for me. I spoke with my GP and I spoke with a counsellor. And so anyone who wants who is listening to this and wants to reach out, please do. I'm here for anyone. But um, this was just a prelude to say season two is coming. It's just taken me a bit of time to get here where I can say enough is enough. Let's get on with it. So I hope you stick around. Hope you tune in for future episodes and um, drop me a line. Let me know what you think of the show. And I hope to see you in season two of the Beyond the Mountains podcast. Thanks a lot. So that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to hear more stories from Beyond the Mountains, please subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find me on Apple iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Please leave a comment and review. It helps with people to find the show. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Beyond the Mountains Podcast. So please like and follow the show. And remember, the mountains are more than just rock and ice. But the mountains are made up of the people who live, work and play in them.